Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well-being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. This is your host, Jessica Tai. Um, as always, happy to be here with you guys again this week. We have episode number 77 is today. And actually, the interesting thing, uh, we are um, recording this a little bit later than I normally do, but I wasn't actually scheduled to record an episode this week. Um, I had told you all last week that I was going to take off the next couple of weeks. My kiddos are on spring break this week and we are moving, which is super exciting, um, but also a lot of work. (laughs) So between um, keeping up with my nutritional practice and uh, all my clients and then the move and the kids being on spring break and like all that craziness, I just knew it was going to be really difficult, if not impossible, to fit in some uh, recording of any episodes for the podcast this week and next week, actually, since we will be um, really in the throes of like unpacking and trying to get everything set up. And um, anyway, this weekend, uh, my husband, my dear sweet husband, (laughs) is heading out of town. He has a big conference to attend. Um, much like I did a couple of weeks ago. So he's leaving me and this is like, I feel a little bit like I know he didn't plan it this way, but I feel a little bit like this is payback for me leaving him uh, to care for all of the kids and all of the animals at the farm. Our normal um, farm help was not available when I was gone at my conference. So Derek had to pick up the slack there and take care of all that. And let me just tell you that the barn, the animals, that is not his thing. So I'm kind of feeling like a little bit like maybe this is payback uh, because he's leaving me just a couple of days after moving into our new house. And so, um, but that's okay. I'm taking it on. Challenge accepted. So I'm really hoping uh, between you and me, I am hoping that when he comes back, uh, he's gone for almost a week, that when he comes back from his conference, that I have all of the boxes in the house unpacked. Now, there will be boxes in the storage area, I'm sure. There will be boxes probably still left in the garage, but all of the ones in the main part of the house, we, we, we've moved a lot of times. This will be, I believe, our 14th home in the 20... Uh, we've been married 22 years, I think. 22 years that we've been married. We've moved 14 times, had 14 different homes. Um, so we're kind of getting good at doing this. We stay in a place, um, well, you can do the math, but um, some places we've stayed less, but typically we're, we're in a house about two years before we move on, which is um, kind of crazy, I know. But um, I, I we've learned that we move all the boxes into our living areas and our bedrooms that we need. And then there's always kind of these outlier boxes that are like, you know, just miscellaneous stuff. And so we don't move those into the house right away. We kind of give ourselves more time to go through those by leaving them in the garage or in the storage area or something like that. And so anyway, so I'm hoping that I will have everything unpacked by the time he comes back. I'll have most of the house set up and ready to go. And um, when he comes home, it'll all be, 
you know, he'll walk in and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you got all this done. So, and it sounds like, you know, you'd think, oh, that's so sweet. She wants her husband to come home and, and be, and yeah, there is an element of that. There's an element of sweetness, but there's also an element of competitiveness. (laughs) So let's just be real. I want him to come home and be like, oh my gosh, not only did you do all of the things that I did for you while, while I was gone at this conference, but you unpacked the entire new house and got us all set up. So yeah, so we're a little competitive like that, but it works for us. Um, so we are, so we're in the middle of kind of all of this right now. We actually close on the house tomorrow, which as of the time of this recording will be Thursday and, um, that's March 21st. We actually close tomorrow and, um, we will start moving some of the small stuff over tomorrow night. You know, we like to kind of our, uh, way that we like to do it is we will that first evening we empty out the refrigerators um we have three different refrigerators in our home and we will have three at the new house so we start by emptying those and taking everything over and putting them in the refrigerator the night before we actually move and then we will do our closets so all the hanging clothes will move over and then the moving truck will come Friday morning and move all the big stuff and all the boxes and all that stuff. But okay. So that has nothing to do with keto and you guys don't probably really care. But, um, anyway, all of that saying that is kind of leading up to me and what I want to talk about this episode, which is stress. Um, stress is a biggie. It's a biggie for most of us in this day and age that we live in and just kind of our lives and the way that everything goes. And, um, you know, so I kind of led with all of this is it's exciting. This is a great time for, for us. We're very excited. You know, moving is never really fun, but I do enjoy packing and kind of, we use it as a time to purge. We get rid of a lot of stuff and we really think long and hard about everything we're putting into boxes. And that's one of the reasons, you know, I've got girlfriends that are like, why don't you just have the moving company, like show up and pack everything for you and then move you. And I am like, no way. Like I could not do that. Number one, I don't like people in my stuff. And number two, it's, I always use this as an opportunity to get rid of stuff. And if I have somebody come in and they're just packing boxes, they will pack everything like junk. It doesn't matter. Broken. If you haven't used it in two or three years, whatever, it doesn't even matter. Everything goes into boxes and then you have to figure out where everything is when you move. And that does not sound like fun to me. So even though it's a lot of work, um, I do, I don't hate it. I really don't hate moving and and it's exciting to move, um, into a new place, new to you place and fun. And especially this move for my family, moving to our farm property is huge. I mean, this is super exciting for us, especially for me and the kiddos. And I'm just really, really thrilled about this. But, um, there is a lot of stress that comes along with it. Uh, and you know, I don't know how many of you know that not all stress is bad stress. Um, you know, we can have good stresses, stresses that, uh, that, you know, are, um, they don't come from bad things. They, I mean, even exercise, physical activity, weightlifting, that is a stress and, uh, not necessarily a bad stress, but it's a stress nonetheless. And so, um, this kind of season right now that I'm in, I don't feel like it's really bad stress necessarily, but I am under a lot of stress and I am seeing the results of that stress. And so I wanted to talk to you about it. I get a lot of questions from listeners, um, a lot of questions from my own clients um, related to plateaus, right? Like weight loss plateaus or um, even weight gain. 
even if you're ketogenic and you think, oh my gosh, I, I, you know, read every other day on these different sites and these different, um, Facebook groups and all this, which I have to give my two cents on that. I think for most people, especially when you're starting out on keto, you would do really well to stay away from those groups. There's a lot of really bad information in those groups. There's a lot of, um, just misinformation and and people doing and saying the wrong things and I think it can be really detrimental for a lot of people that are that are starting out keto and trying to learn all these things it can be super confusing and you don't know what to listen to and what to believe I think you'd be much much better off maybe um, either hiring a coach uh, or you know some a nutritionist that understands keto to work with you or perhaps taking an online course from someone that really understands keto and can give you the right information so you're getting all of that right information Um, and there might be some groups out there some social media groups that are good to join i would just say that most of the ones you're going to find on facebook um, that are just kind of out there to just talking about keto and teaching people about keto are really not the best things to to do to be on and uh, there's a lot of bad information i see out there and a lot of times i'll talk to my clients that are getting this bad information and then they want to know from me why um you know why this isn't what they should be following or or you know whatnot okay so anyway back to the stress thing so stress um, for me, I, so when I talk to my clients and, and people about this, one of the things that I always talk about, and I know, um, you know, that keto is not always about weight loss for people. But that is what brings a lot of people to keto. And a lot of people get frustrated when they start this or any new way of eating and they feel like they're not losing weight at the same rate that other people are. And, um, you know, you may have heard it said before that um, comparison can be the um, death of happiness or um, comparison is the, um, I'm trying to think of the right word that I'm trying to, just it's the kind of the death of being satisfied with your own life because um, we compare and then you know we can we're always comparing what our real behind the scenes life looks like to somebody else's highlight reel out there right so they're only giving us the best information the highlights of their life and so we know what's going on behind the scenes in our own life and and so we're not really comparing apples to apples we're comparing apples to oranges and it's really unfair and that comparison can really get us in trouble and one of those ways with a new diet or lifestyle that you're trying to lead and specifically keto I see a lot is the is comparing the weight loss journey so one of the things though if you are looking at that and you are thinking you know why have I plateaued or why am I not losing as much as I think I should be or these people are losing or whatever um, one of the big major stumbling blocks or issues that we can come up against is stress and if you have a lot of stress going on in your life that is absolutely going to thwart your weight loss goals and 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 what you're trying to do because stress can make it impossible to lose weight and it can actually make you gain weight even if you've gone to a better way of eating for yourself Um, and i am seeing that in myself recently and it is distressing so the stress causes these things to happen and then that causes stress because then you're like ah what is going on and why is this happening to me and let me tell you especially when you're a nutritionist if you are supposed to be the expert in a certain field and you feel like you don't have it together and and you are 
failing at this, then it's super hard. I mean, that's even more stressful. So sorry about that. Um, so anyway, so that brings me to the stress. So for me, the stress kind of started for me back when my youngest daughter was admitted into the hospital again with seizures. Um, she experienced seizure activity again, um, and our youngest daughter is special needs. So, you know, there, and she's epileptic as well. So, you know, that has always been a possibility. It's always in the back of our heads that, you know, she could have a seizure at any time, whatever, but she had been seizure free for 15 months. She is ketogenic. And so, um, you know, we'd felt really good about that and we were starting to feel like we were in the clear and, and all of this. And so back in the beginning of February, the first week of February, she had another, you know, massive seizure that landed her on a ventilator again in the hospital, in the ICU. So here we are back in this situation. To say that that is a stressful experience for a parent is the understatement of the year, right? So that kind of started this stress cascade for me. Um, we had a lot, we have had a lot of other things going on at the time and I was handling those things okay. But when I, you know, piled on this uh, stressful medical situation with my daughter, it kind of threw me over the edge and I have been in this stress loop since. And so let me kind of explain to you what happens and kind of why this has been affecting me the way it is and why I have, I still feel like I am unable to get out of this stress loop. And I'm really hoping that the next week to two weeks, I will be able to get in a new routine within my life and start being able to, um, get back to managing my stress levels and being able to get back into a nice parasympathetic mode, at least every now and then during the day and, uh, and, and kind of regain some of those things that I've been losing. So how stress keeps you from doing this? Let's just talk about what happens when you're in a stressful situation, physiology, you know, physiologically, like what is it that happens in our body and, um, how does this manifest into either weight gain or not being able to lose weight when that is your goal? So I think we all know that, or we've heard anyway, that your adrenals uh, produce cortisol and cortisol is a, is the major stress hormone. Most of us hear cortisol and we think bad, you know, oh my gosh, that's bad. You don't want cortisol. And that's not entirely true. We need cortisol. Cortisol plays a very important role in many different facets um, of our physiology, but um, when it comes to stress and producing the chronic levels of stress that most of us have in this day and age, just the way that we live and our lifestyle is today, that is when cortisol levels become a real issue. So what happens in this kind of cascade of, of the stress cascade and how this works is um, the hypothalamus in our brain will get the signal that we are in danger, right? And so the danger would be, would have been this signal, the reason we have these signals would have been, you know, early on in our, um, you know, paleolithic ancestors, our ancestry earlier on that stress signal would have been that danger signal would have been because, you know, maybe we're getting, uh, chased by a, a wild animal of whatever kind, you know, whether we're hunting and it turns on us or we're out doing whatever we're doing and we're getting chased by the tiger, right? This proverbial tiger. 
So when that happens, the hypothalamus will signal to us that we are in danger. And then this sends a hormonal message to the pituitary or it sends a message to the pituitary gland also within our brain to release a hormone called ACTH. So this hormone gets released into our bloodstream. Once this hormone is free in our bloodstream, it signals to our adrenals that they need to release this cascade of stress hormones. And in that cascade is cortisol. Cortisol is the problem that we're going to kind of talk about today. That is what is kind of causes these issues. And this whole interaction is what's referred to as our HPA axis. So if you've heard that before and you're like, I, what is HPA axis? That's your hypothalamus, pituitary, and adrenals, okay? And that axis is how they communicate. So hypothalamus to your pituitary, pituitary releases the hormone, the, the adrenals then pick up that signal in your bloodstream, and then they start to jump in on the action and release their stress hormones, um, cortisol, namely, is what we're talking about now. So what cortisol, the reason that they release cortisol, why this is so important in this reaction, is cortisol actually stimulates our body to raise blood glucose levels and to actually release fatty acids. And this is so that our body, our muscles, our reactions, that we're going to have plenty of available energy in the immediate form right now because this is also when adrenaline will cook will kick in so um, also referred to as epinephrine so when we have this response this is so we can get away from this wild animal or this tiger or whatever the problem is is that today in the world we live in it's not a problem that we're not being chased by the tiger. That's super, right? I mean, that's great. I don't want to be running from a tiger, so I'm happy that I don't have that stress. But what happens today is that we get in these chronic stress cycles because we're no longer just running from a tiger. And then that is either going to end in we're going to get away from it or everything's going to be over, done, end of the road for us. If, if we get away from it and it's over, then everything returns back to normal everything's fine, we're good to go, we go replenish those energy stores that we just used, and then everything's fine until the next time we have a danger like that. But in the day and age that we live in now, we are chronically being chased by a tiger, right? So it's it's emails coming in that we feel like we have to respond to, or maybe we do have to respond to them, depending on what your job is. It's it's the the traffic on the way home from work or to work every day. It's the constant um, notifications on our phone that we got to get back to people, and and it's the running our kids to umpteen sporting events and practices and everything all the time, like just constantly running back and forth. It's this constant, you know, especially here in the United States, we live in this constant just go 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 society. We're constantly in reactionary mode that we're constantly calling on this stress hormones and quite frankly our HPA axis is just overused I mean we are always almost always in this chronic stress state um, and this is also called um you know, our, our fight or flight state, right? Our, our rest and relaxation mode, our, our feed and breed, if you will, that is our parasympathetic mode. But we are always in this fight or flight, which is our sympathetic. We are always in this reactionary um, stage. And so our cortisol remains high even after the suspected danger has passed. And so as our cortisol remains high, 
this is, it's done this way on purpose. Like our bodies are really super smart and the cortisol doesn't stay high just because it's like, oops, you know, something's broken and cortisol just doesn't come down like it should. No, it's meant to stay high because that is what drives and stimulates us to replenish the energy that our body has just burned. So go back again with me in time to this tiger. You know, we're chased by the tiger. Well, we get away from the tiger, but now all of our energy stores have just been depleted. So we can be chased by another tiger at any moment, right? So the cortisol stays high to trigger us to go eat. It makes you want to eat more because you need to be able to replenish that energy. And the best way, the quickest way, I shouldn't say the best way, but the quickest way to replace that energy is to eat some carbohydrates or some sugar, right? Because that is going to immediately replace those glycogen stores and you're gonna be good to go should you need another super big burst of energy to get away from the next tiger. So what happens today is that same biological process happens We that, that, that level of cortisol stays high and remains high. It triggers us to want to eat food because that is what that is what it's meant to do. So we get these signals to eat, typically prompts us to want to have more high carb or sugary foods. And just because you're ketogenic does not make you immune to this. You are still very much going to have this drive. Now, hopefully if you are sticking to a ketogenic diet or you are doing more of a low carb diet because you realize the deleterious effects of all the carbohydrates and the inflammation, well then of course you're going to try to go for fats and proteins and good carbs like vegetables and things like that. And that's great if you can stick to that and you do that. But oftentimes we don't, we'll fall off of that. And that's a whole nother issue. But so we go, we eat. Um, but the problem is, is that what happens now is we didn't actually just run from a tiger. We probably actually didn't just get rid of probably hardly any energy stores because probably the stress that we're experiencing, maybe it's on your drive home from work and you are just like, oh, you're just so frustrated and there's always all this traffic and there's these jerks cutting you off and maybe flipping you the bird while you're driving and you're just so frustrated. And by the time you get home, the stress is real, right? The threat is real to your body. It's, it's very stressed out. You may even feel it. You may feel the adrenaline. Have you ever nearly been in a car accident and you get that just, I mean, you can feel the tingle all over your body and you are just exhausted, like shaking almost. And you're just like, oh my goodness, I, I like, I need to get out of this car. I need to get out of the situation. That is an epinephrine response. That is the immediate danger you know, we're going to keep you alive. We're going to shunt all the blood flow um, away from your internal organs and to your extremities so that you can outrun this thing and you can live to see another day. Um, that is a very real stress response. And we are experiencing those stress responses due to things like traffic or um, a fight with a loved one or running the kids and being late for an event that you were supposed to get to and, 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 you know, just being stressed out and freaked out about that. So what happens is we don't actually burn off the stored glycogen or the glucose that is now circulating in our blood that our body, um, you know, was able to 
to get out there and raise our blood sugar so that we have all this energy. So what happens to that extra blood sugar that's floating around in our bloodstream? Well, when our glycogen stores are full because we didn't actually expend the energy, then that glucose just gets turned into triglycerides and stored as fat in our body. So it's going to be stored as fatty tissue, adipose tissue. So then what happens is we still have this high cortisol and we're still feeling like we need to eat something. So we will, um, you know, we'll more than likely we're going to reach for something, or maybe you're in traffic on your way home, you get home for dinner and you overeat or you eat things. Maybe at dinner, you make choices you wouldn't have made had your stress response, you know, you not had the stress response going on. So then the really unfortunate thing is that more cortisol actually produces um, is actually produced as a result of high sugar intake and high carb intake. So not only did the cortisol make you want to go eat those things, but then those things produce more cortisol levels. <laughs> Does that make sense? So we've got this vicious cycle going on that we just can't get out of. So then guess what we want to do? We want to snack or have more of those sugary high carb foods and those, those high sugary foods. And this is also, um, you know, this is the result of not just, you know, things that you think of are like bad stresses, but just emotional stresses too. Just, you know, emotionally being stressed. Like when my daughter goes to the hospital and we're stuck in ICU and trying to figure out what's going on, you know, I'm not running from anything. I'm not even sitting in traffic mad. I'm not even in a bad mood. I'm just emotionally stressed. I'm in a very emotional high and that creates this cortisol output. And do you know what I did when my daughter was in the hospital? There's a gift shop there at the hospital. And after sitting in the ICU for so many hours and for so many days, you just want to get up and walk around and just get out a little bit, right? You're just stuck in this hospital room and, and you don't want to leave because you got doctors and nurses, especially when you're in the ICU, they're coming in constantly and they're giving you reports and talking to you about everything. So as soon as she was moved out of the ICU and we were moved to a, a regular room on the neurology floor. The first thing I wanted to do was get out of the room for a little bit. You know, I'm like, okay, she's resting. She's comfortable. Doctors aren't coming in, you know, every 20 minutes to talk to us. I'm going to go take a walk. I'm going to walk down, have some lunch, take a little walk. Well, on that day in the hospital, I went down to the, um, gift shop. And remember, this is in the beginning, like the first week of February, um, second week of February. We we're actually there on my birthday, which is February 10th. And so we're there in the hospital. I go down to the gift shop and what do they have out? Of course, it's Valentine's Day everywhere, right? So they've got Valentine's Day candy and chocolates and all of this stuff. And my biggest weakness is caramel. If you follow me on social media, you know I've been perfecting this keto caramel and making these uh, chocolate turtles, one of my favorite treats <clears throat> of all time, and I've been making a keto version of them. Well, of course, I don't have any of those things with me when I'm in the hospital. So what do they have sitting right there is these chocolate caramel-filled hearts. So of course, I give in and I buy two of these chocolate caramel fill hearts and I eat them both within like an hour of getting back to the room that day. I eat them both. I immediately start feeling terrible. You know, I'm like, oh, why did I do that? I just, I feel bad. I, you know, I didn't want to do that, but it was this super strong desire just to have these things. It was crazy, right? So then after I do that, what do you think happens? 
Well, now I have an even stronger desire to have more of them. So it's just this terrible, terrible cycle that happens. Cortisol also actually activates enzymes that store fat when it comes in contact with those fat cells. So it's like adding insult to injury, right? So fat cells actually have receptors for cortisol. And it's for that reason is it always makes sure it's, it's our body making sure that we always have stored energy when it's needed. But the problem is, like I said, we just don't need all that stored energy. So the cortisol stays high. These receptors on your fat cells, they um, they recognize the cortisol, the cortisol recognizes them and they continue to build more fat. And you can know that you are having, uh, that you have chronically high cortisol or that you're having, um, that you're, that you've been having chronically high cortisol. If you start noticing, um, extra midsection fat or flabbiness, extra belly fat, that is where cortisol will deposit these fat stores. That is where the highest concentration of these fat receptor cells uh, for cortisol are, is in those, that area of your body. Um, a lot of women will also see it peck on in their, um, uh, rear ends, <laughs> your bottoms and thighs. Um, so, but specifically again, your stomach. So that, um, spare tire, that spare tire area, that is a definite indicator that you have, um, high cortisol. So, um, stronic, so chronic stress can cause so many more real issues more than just not being able to lose weight. But I just wanted to really address this today because it is a question that I get a lot. And I know that a lot of you out there are frustrated with the lack of weight loss and you feel like maybe you're doing something wrong because it's, you're not losing the weight. But I, I just wanted to be able to share that with you, the importance of keeping stress in check. So for me personally, you know, I've seen it. I've, I've got a little bit extra in my middle over the last, um, month, I guess, um, now month and a half, um, probably noticed it over about the last month. And, um, and I can definitely trace it back to that faithful day, uh, fateful day, um, in February when we ended up back in the hospital with my daughter and it has kind of been one thing after the other since then. And, um, I know I have chronic cortisol levels, high cortisol levels right now. I can feel um, the adrenal burnout. So whether or not you believe that adrenal burnout or adrenal fatigue is real or not, or what camp you fall into, or if you've listened to different opinions on that, um, I can tell you that for me, I can feel it. Like I know the difference when I am not as get up and go as normal, when you just feel tapped out, like there's just nothing left in the gas tank. That is where I've been for about the last month. It's been very difficult and I'll have, you know, a, a little bit of time where things will go up and I'll be doing really well. And then I'll feel the crash again or, you know, halfway through the day, I'm just like, man, I just can't, I just can't do it. I can't pull enough energy to be able to do what I need to do. And uh, that is not a good feeling. So um, I'm working on that and hopefully we'll be able to kind of get things back. I mean, it's, it's multifaceted for me. Um, we've been doing wellness Wednesdays at the cabin and my um, and Fred Sauna has been there 
because of the amount of things that have been going on and uh, and whatnot, I have not been able to be there. Our our traffic has also picked up. It is a vacation rental property, so um, pretty much Thursday through like Monday, it's booked every single week. And I mean, we're pretty much booked out. I think through you know uh, July at this point. Um, so there's not a lot of opportunity for me to get in there and use my own sauna. Um, and so I have made the decision that when we move, we're literally moving to the house next door, uh, this weekend, I am moving my sauna back over to my home because, uh, I was getting in that sauna two to three times a week. And that was a huge, uh, stress mitigator for me. Uh, infrared sauna use is, is huge for stress, um, and managing stress. And, and I could do some stress management techniques while I was in the sauna. It helps me be mindful of that and think about what I'm doing and how I can do that. And even just, I would sit in there sometimes and just write to-do lists. And I often don't take time during my day even to do that. So I kind of, you know, run around like with the chicken with my head cut off, you know, that whole thing, um, just from one thing to the next. And uh, this will help, you know, that helps me be able to really focus and get things written down and and whatnot. So, you know, I made that decision. I've got to get that. I've got to get back in my sauna. It's the season's heated up too much at the cabin. I, I'm, I can't get in it enough. And so I'm going to have to put that time off and, you know, I can't help other people if I can't help myself. So I need to get it back over there in my own home and be doing that. Um, so then that's one thing that I had been giving up and I, I really got to get back to that. Um, working out and walking, you know, I walk, um, a couple of days a week and at least one day, very consistently, a girlfriend and I do several mile walk and then we go to breakfast. It's a very relaxing morning for me. I get my walk in. It's wonderful. Well, due to weather and due to life circumstances and all these things going on over the last month, we've probably walked once, maybe twice, um, instead of like the five or six times that we normally would have. And then, um, working out, I have all but completely not been doing any workout. I do some weights, um, at home. I've not been doing any of that. Um, again, because of the pace of my life right now and how busy it's been and trying to do all these other things. So, um, so I've got to get back to those things. I, I know that I realize that, and those will be things that I will be doing as I move. I've also seen the deleterious effects of the cord- high levels of cortisol in my sleep. So if you are not sleeping well, you need to really, really take that serious. So um, for myself, I, I've, I know how much I'm tossing and turning at night, and I should not know that. I should go to sleep, and then I should wake up in the morning and be like, wow, that was a great night's sleep. I don't remember tossing and turning. I don't remember things happening throughout the night. And over about the last month, I know pretty much, you know, what's happened the whole night long. Like I can tell you how many times I turned from one side to the other or had all these different things going on. And that is not good. That means that I am not getting adequate quality sleep. Um, I'm still going to bed on time. You know, I shoot to go to bed every night um, by like 10. I'm usually asleep, lights out at 10.30 at the latest. And I'm typically up about 6, 6.30 every morning. So I'm getting the quantity of sleep that I need. Um, that's not the issue. I know for me, it's the quality. Um, so my sleep pattern hasn't changed as far as the quantity again, but uh, I'm not feeling as rested. I don't wake up feeling as good. I wake up feeling like, man, that was just a very restless night's sleep. So another thing that you can do, and I am going to implement in our 
new home and when we move, I'm really going to put an emphasis on this. And I have been talking to my kids about this because I'm watching them on all these wireless devices all the time and realizing that, you know, our house, we have a wireless router and we've got you know, half a dozen computers, wireless um, computers, laptops. We have um, every, you know, not everybody, but there's, you know, five different phones in our home, cell phones that are being used all of the time. We've got all these different um, electrical devices, of course, everywhere. The kids are plugging in their cell phones. Um, you know, the older, the older kid, I should say, all of them have to plug them in outside of their rooms. We have a charging station um, and that is mostly so that they'll go to bed and not stay on their phone all night. But with my older teenage son, you know, he goes to sleep with his in his room and that's not good. Um, you should not be sleeping with your phone anywhere near you at all. Like that should be a time for your body to be able to rejuvenate and relax and be able to, um, you know, rebuild cells and do what it needs to be doing. And, and if it's fighting these, these EMFs, these electric magnetic fields all night long, that's not good. Um, I also am recognizing the fact that the blue light is, you know, my kids, they have a rule where they're supposed to be off that stuff an hour before bed, but I've started noticing my older kids because I think they're, um, staying up after we go to bed, <laughs> um, there, I believe that my older kids are getting affected by this blue light. Melatonin production isn't kicking in like it should. And they're having a really difficult time getting up in the mornings, which had not previously been an issue. So I'm, I'm recognizing that we've got some EMF issues that we're going to need to deal with. And I've recently started really paying attention to these things. And I think that it is, um, I think that there's some real, um, there, that we really should be interested in this and we should be talking about this. So, um, so I would urge you, if your sleep isn't good, one of the very first things that you can do is start to turn off your electronics an hour before bed. So that is any handheld electronic, any television. So don't watch TV an hour before bed. Don't be on your phone before go to bed. You know, don't be scrolling through Instagram, laying in bed, that kind of thing. It, it, um, delays your production of melatonin, which you need to start melatonin production earlier on so that that's your, that's your sleep hormone, right? Like that is what your body produces to help relax you and get your, get everything set into a, into a sleep mode that gets you ready to go to sleep so that when you do lay down and go to sleep, you're going to be able to fall into that nice, deep, restful sleep. If you don't let that happen and you you're um, on all this stuff right before you go to bed, you turn everything off, you lay down, close your eyes, and you try to go to sleep. If Number one, if you can fall asleep, you may lay there with your, your brain racing because you've still got these high levels of these other hormones that are keeping you awake and, and not allowing melatonin to kick in. Or if you do fall asleep quickly, you're not getting into a deep sleep for a long time because it's taking a really long time for that melatonin to fall to kick in and get to the levels that it needs to be after you've actually closed your eyes and began to go to sleep. So keeping that in mind is super important. So one of the things that I um, have learned about, so, okay, so let me back up. So that's great for the, for, so that really is blue lights affecting your um, production of melatonin. So one of the things that you can do is to get these blue light blocking glasses and you can get them on Amazon. Um, they're pretty, uh, easy to find. There's a bunch of different, bunch of different brands. I 
specifically like this brand brand called Life Art Blue Light Blocking Glasses. Um, they have transparent lenses, so you're, they don't have, um, a lot of people see the blue light blocking lenses and they see them as being the, the amber colored or the yellow colored lenses. And you can get those if you would like, or these look like regular glasses. So it doesn't look like, you know, if you go somewhere and you're wearing these at night, it doesn't you don't look like a freak wearing these, you know, amber colored glasses if that is a concern to you. Um, so you can do that. You can wear those around your house. And I would suggest wearing those from sundown until you go to bed. So that is going to start blocking those, um, blue light signals, getting into your retinas as soon as you're putting those things on. And you know, when, when the sun goes down, that's when we are supposed to be calming down, settling down, melatonin production starts picking up and getting us ready for sleep. Um, so that will really help with that. So I would suggest doing that number one. And again, the ones that I like are called life art and I'll link to these in the show notes. Um, another thing that you can do, and this is something that, um, is important to me for my kids, especially, um, and yeah, the blue light blocking glasses too. I would highly recommend you get those for your kiddos, especially if you have teenagers like I do, who it is really difficult to get them to get off of those things before bed. If you could make a compromise with them that if they're willing to wear these, I mean, what's it matter? They're in the house. Nobody's looking at them. Um, then maybe you could relax your rules a little bit. I mean, I think it's really good if we can just get them to block these with these glasses would be so helpful for these kids and their level of cortisol and their stress hormones that they are constantly, um, chronically high in. Um, the other thing that's great for your kids are these Dr. McCullough blue tube headset units. So these are headphones that reduce your EMF exposure. Um, they're these metal binaural earbuds with, um, earphones and microphones, and you can use these with pretty much any, um, device like computer or, you know, laptop or, um, phone or whatever. So, um, because if you're using these, these, uh, what am I trying to say? Um, these Bluetooth headsets, which all, I feel like all the kids do, and I've been using them too. Um, they are really producing these EMFs and they're there, you've got them plugged into your head. <laughs> like that's, it's really scary. And so I'd really been recently talking to my youngest son about using, um, these different headsets because he is on the electronics and he plays video games with his friends and they'll talk back and forth on these headsets. So I've gotten him to switch over to these Bluetooth headsets, um, explaining to him about the EMF exposure and trying to help him with that and keeping that those EMFs as far away from his ear canal and his brain as possible. And he has been very receptive to that. So that is another thing that you can do. Another great thing that you can do for, for the cell phone use, and this could be for everybody, again, everybody in your household, um, I still suggest you do not put them on your nightstand or next to your bed. But if you are, turn off all the notifications so you're not getting pinged and, and you know, all this stuff all night long. You can put them on airplane mode, um, but you can put this, uh, you can get this thing called a Defender Shield and they have cases for your phone and they are magnetic anti-radiation shields and they block these radiations and these EMFs um, from your uh, 
that are coming from your phone. So the one that I like is is the Defender Shield radiation case. It is a wallet case and that is I have always done a wallet case with my phone and I keep my credit cards in there that's that way I don't have to keep my purse with me all the time I prefer just to carry this um this phone wallet um so that is something that you can do as well and all of these things are available on Amazon and they're not super expensive the defender shield you the prices range on those if you want to get the wallet case um I have the iPhone XS um, max. So if you have that, it is a little more on the pricey side for the case. It's $75 for the case. Um, but right now I believe that they have a 15% off. I think this is for everybody, but, um, on mine, there is a coupon on my Amazon. Um, it's in my, I put it in my cart to see, uh, so I could keep all these things straight. And if I look in my cart, there's a 15% off coupon right now that I can add to get an additional 15% off of that product. So you might want to go on and see if you also are getting that, that coupon, that might be a good way for you to go ahead and try it out. Um, the Dr. McCullough headset, those are about 36, 38 bucks. Um, and then the life art blue light blocking glasses, those are only like $18 and on mine, they also are offering an 8% discount right now. If you buy those now and all of those things are offered on prime. So you can go ahead and start implementing these things like right away, like in the next day to two days (laughs) and get on there, get them ordered and start implementing this. This will help your sleep tremendously and poor sleep also increases your cortisol levels. It is a stressor to the body. So in order to to be able to be successful with your weight loss goals and your lifestyle goals, you really, really have to figure out ways to be able to kind of hack this stress stuff and get your stress levels under control. All right, guys, that's really all I wanted to talk to you all about this week. I hope this has been a helpful podcast for you, and hopefully you can start working on some ways to mitigate your stress and do maybe a little bit of meditation. Maybe the weather's starting to warm up around the country. Maybe you could go out and do some grounding, Um, you know, get your bare feet onto the ground and um, just try to help your body deal with just these chronic stress levels that we have going on and, and, um, just know that we're doing it together because I am working on this at the same time. Um, I am really, really dialing in to getting these stress levels under control for myself as well. So, all right, guys, that's all I have for this week. Uh, please keep in mind, I may or may not have an episode live next week. I'm going to lean toward probably not. Um, so don't get upset with me. <laughs> Just know that I will be back week after next and send me your questions and podcast topics that you would like to hear more about. And I'm happy to do some episodes on those. I've got some great interviews coming up for you guys as well. So, um, don't, you know, don't hesitate to reach out. Feel free to send me an email. That's the best way to reach me. Please know I am really, really bad at checking Facebook and Instagram messages. I do have those notifications turned off, um, following my own uh, advice there. So I do keep those turned off. So I have to physically go in and, and remember to look at them and check them. And I don't do that very often. So, um, if you want to get a hold of me, send me an email. That is the best way. You can do it jessica at jessicatai.com. And if you're interested on, in coaching, send me an email as well. I'm happy to send you more information on that. I do have one or two spots currently available. Um, 
to do some coaching. And I think that's about all I have for this week, guys. Okay, thanks again and uh, talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we share with you today and are looking forward to the next episode.